2: Hey, good morning. It's February 23rd. It's a Thursday. It's icy out there. Creme Brulee day. Creme Brulee ice. Yep. I broke a snow brush. Uh, What else? What did we get? I broke a snow brush. I took a nice snow brush, too. I did did dig out my back door, Mm -hmm. the screen door, just because there was two to three inches of creme Brulee. Mm Mm-hmm the crispy top and then snow underneath. And if you go outside, depending, you know, it might be different conditions in different spots. But, yeah, we went through that this morning that uh, you might need a little extra time. The roads are not, I would say, they're not
1: terrible by our standards. I did do a thing today that I try not to usually do. I left some snow on the hood. Yeah, but there's almost all of it, actually. It was because I felt like it was not going anywhere. No, it's under the creme brulee. And it didn't go anywhere. But as I'm driving, I thought, so maybe maybe was a bad idea because it's definitely not going anywhere. If it does, like this, it's not going to come off in one piece, right? One giant ice block just rolling past my car. It could either go through the windshield or over top into somebody else. Um, so maybe a bad call on that front, but it never, never budged whatsoever. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh... Na- you know it's not that
2: nasty out there, but you will, I would imagine, need more time. And you've it's, got
1: it's clearing off the car,
2: yeah, at the start, clearing yeah. off the ice from the car. We never got our physicist or our glass worker to call in to no. see if it's okay to put cold water on your windshield. I I still believe that it is. Well, I think we should just run with it. Is I don't want anybody to like break their windshield. I know you're not supposed to do hot. You're not supposed to do warm. Cold water, and especially this kind of consistency. I did it this morning. I poured cold water because I would already broken the snow brush and it worked so you know worked for me 8030550 <laughs> okay we've got something to get to here from the carolina hurricanes owner but that's after we we quickly reset on the sabers so was was kind of struggling with this yesterday joe like where where I where I am about the sabers where I feel about them i think there's a universal a near universal happiness or Whatever. People are encouraged about the direction of the organization, right? Everybody'd mm-hmm. be encouraged about the the direction of the organization without saying that everything is perfect. You know, this needs to be better. They can be better here or there. So I put up a Twitter poll, given player development, and let's let's talk about this at eight oh three oh five fifty. Given player development, given you can include whatever you want here. Are you already declaring the Sabre season a success? Because yesterday I went through a little thought experiment with you. I asked you, you know, comparing it to golf or comparing it to making the cut in golf, having a mm. better score versus being higher up in the standings. Because the Sabres are definitely going to have a better season than they've had in a long time from a points percentage. Like how many points they get that are available, right? Their, their number, 82 points, 85. They're going to have their best season post-tank. I think that's pretty much locked in. So, okay, that means they're better. However, as of tonight, if Detroit wins and Pittsburgh doesn't, the Red Wings are in a playoff spot on point percentage, a place the Sabres were just a couple days ago. So as you look at Ottawa, as you look at Detroit, just about everybody in the East is in the race.
1: There are only three teams that aren't. Yeah, Philly, Montreal, Columbus. Yeah, so... Ottawa I, is kind of in it. Ottawa's I mean,
2: not that far behind the Sabres, and they just made a salary dump move. Like, if Ottawa yeah. went out and swung for Chickren, wouldn't that strike you as odd that a team behind the Sabres thinks they're in a good enough spot to swing for a player? Now, sure. maybe they don't think they have the assets, and they, they're a little more desperate. You could spin it any number of ways you want. But where I land on, on the Sabres right now is I am happy, and I think they're in a good spot, and I'm pleased but i don't want to hang i don't quite want to hang mission accomplished banners all over the arena on what they've done right let's right let's temper how successful the season has been because if you told me hey they're going to be in the playoff race i would have said bang that's a success that's a good season but you end up getting i think a little too pass fail here because there are a lot of different outcomes everything from dead last to yep. make, making the playoffs and if they were one of the three teams, Montreal, Columbus, or Philly, that is not in it, what would we be saying today? Fire the GM? Fire the coach? It's a disaster? It, you, would want, you would want blood. It would not be yeah. any improvement. If you were one of the three teams not in it, it would be disaster. And instead, you are one of the teams that is in it with mm-hmm. even Ottawa a little bit, Detroit, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, Washington. And these teams are all on different timelines, so that's not lost on me. But instead, you get a team that is in the race, and it's already 71% voting in this Twitter poll. Already, the season is, yes, it is a success. Jason Bottrell's famous line about meaningful games in March, the Sabres are a week away from March. And yep. provided they don't lose these next three, they'll probably get to meaningful games in March. Yep. It is not a high bar. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's not a high bar. They're young. I, I know all the stuff we could say about them. 71% already declaring the season a success.
1: Is that right? I, I want to lean yes. I want to lean yes. I think it also should matter a little bit that like their move, if they ever make it, the big move that, that kind of screams, okay, time to win, has not yet happened. Ottawa has done that. They already traded for Alex De and maybe they're setting up another one. They signed Claude Giroux. They're below you right now and they they already went for it. They already bit. went for it. Detroit Detroit is above you, but they're pretty much right there in the same spot. And they went for it. Right? Like they traded well, for Billy Husso. They, they signed David Perron in yep. the off season, who is still playing. Yep. Like they went out and signed mediocre free agents. They spent money and they went for it. And by the way, both teams, like the Sabres locked guys up. Meanwhile, Ottawa, I'm sure is talking about every day. Is Alex Dobrynkin about the leave and free agency and we just traded a top 10 pick for nothing? Dylan Larkin, that, are they talking about Detroit, whether or not we trade him or not right now? Because the last report I saw was he wants $9 million and the Red Wings are at seven, And the deadline is a week away. So two top players on your teams might leave. So and the other teams are aging out, I feel like you could call it a success because I do think the timeline, if for the Sabres, it, it's it's less expected of them than I would say anybody else. Yeah. Everybody else should win. I'm not to say the Sabres shouldn't win either, but they can hide behind development and hide behind the age of their team a lot more than all of these other teams can. And like I'm looking right now at their over-under point total. They're right at the same spot that everybody else is at. The Islanders are at 89.5, Sabres are at 89 and a half, Detroit's at 87 and a half, Ottawa's eighty five and a half. Like they're right there in the group of teams that have swung. And I I wanna think when the Sabres swing, they're gonna be ahead of all of those teams. Mm-hmm. Because they're at a they're they're at an even point already.
2: Right. And I think that the 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 real issue comes to if you grade it pass fail, I think a 100- hundred not a hundred, but if they how do you call it a fail if, if they right finish now? ninth, I
1: think you're going to get most people saying that is a p- pass. Yes, it's not a fail, it's a pass. So by the, let's let's go by what the over under are right now. These are from Bet Online. Eighty nine and a half is their over under. Let's say they finish with eighty nine points. They've got Pittsburgh and Florida both at ninety two and a half. Let's say that happens. They miss by three points. Pass everybody gives them a pass with 89 points missing by a couple probably it's, it's a pass let's be and this is what gets to 71%
2: of the of the people voting in the twitter poll and give us a call by the way on this if you have a thought 8030550 cuz it relates to the deadline and i've got a a clip from an nhl owner i want i want you to listen to we're going to play that in a moment so pass fail everybody says pass how about a letter grade is it an a can't be an a not yet making the playoffs a just missing B. 12th place. Yeah. B minus C plus. That's still passing. Yeah. But. Right. It's wh- not an F. What is it? So- what is the. Had a lot of Fs. What does the GM sound like? What does the coach sound like? What does locker cleanout day sound like if they miss by five points? If
1: they have. And the- they're in it until like the final week.
2: Yeah. And then they get eliminated. The last time the Sabres were in a playoff race. They got eliminated with two games left in the season. In, in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yeah,
1: there's a Yager play, isn't there? I know there's a Matt Reed goal that kind of does it. He Matt be- Reed, Matt Reed, that, yes, that happened because that name, for some reason, I want to yell about that name. He
2: beats Miller in the third period, kind of late, and then okay. the season is it ends. Right, they're in a race. They don't make it. They got into a playoff spot with a win in Washington. And it looked like they'd be good to go. Then Erhoff got hurt again, and I, yeah, that's how long ago it was. So anyway, is it's that just, Gomez running Miller? It might be, and he gets hurt. It might be that year. I'm not quite sure. Okay, okay. I just know that they were in it until the end, and then they lost. Yeah, and they fall out. And at that point, we're mad. Like we're mad because that team yep. is. That's before the tank. That's before the
1: drought. That's they had signed Erhoff, new owner, new like oh we're gonna spend. Tons of money. Flew a helicopter to go get Robin Regeer out of Alberta. Yeah.
2: They had made the playoffs in, of course, oh five, oh six, oh six, oh seven, and then won the division two years before that. Yep. Made it late on a surge the the, the previous year, and then we, this we were talk- talking
1: about the cup. Sure, that we, first year after Pagula takes over the team, they had made the playoffs back to back years. We I think we were talking about the cup. I think it was now nah,
2: mixing my years. The first year they win the division, that's pre Pagula. The second year is the comeback to get in and lose to Philly.
1: And he takes over the team he takes over during mi- that season. During
2: that season. They yeah. win the division under previous ownership. Right. So but anyway, like the back to back playoff appearances, things had gone well. It was a different world. Right now, they are flush with assets. They are Good with locked up, good young talent on reasonable contracts. We talk about you know Thompson and Cousins identified this year. Tuck is on a beauty of a deal for multiple years. Things are great, but what to do now and what to do to take the next step? I think is really interesting because the Jacob Chikrin idea. Do they need to make this move? No. Do they need to make the Timo Meyer move? No, they don't. But I do want you to listen to something here because. You know, the way Kevin Adams says, they're not going to sacrifice this. They're not going to upset the, the future, the window. all mm. that. They're trying to build for sustained success. And I think there's a lot to be said there that is right on, right? It's accurate. Yeah. But I want you to listen to Tom Dundon. This is the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, the Hurricanes and the Sabres are in two different spots. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. But listen to Tom Dundon and convince me that Kevin Adams couldn't say the exact same thing word for word today and we would all be very happy and agree.
0: Having said that, I think we've got ourselves in a position with our the amount of assets we have for the future and the age of our team and and where we are that we can be a, we could probably be a little more aggressive giving up something in the future to increase our odds today without changing the window much whatever that means cuz i don't believe in the window thing like the reason we have so much turnover is we expect to be good every year love that
2: it's pretty good yeah tell me kevin adams couldn't say the exact same thing the position we're in all the assets we have we feel like we can be it's frank saravelli he's talking with frank saravelli of the daily Daily face-off. Daily face-off. And Frank's asking him about the idea of making a trade. And the owner flat out says, we are in a position to be more aggressive, really, than we ever have. We're leaning on the more aggressive side than ever right now. And it doesn't mean that the Sabres have to do that from a desperation standpoint. But having all these assets and having all these picks and prospects, this is the time to be aggressive. If you do it when you don't have many prospects and picks, people say you're desperate. The Mm -hmm. Sabres aren't desperate. I actually think the Sabers are in a position to be aggressive, and if that means Chikrin, okay, great. If that means Timo Meyer, you know the contract you needed an extension. Yeah. But word for word, what Tom Dundon, the owner of the Canes, said right
1: there, Kevin Adams could say that today, and how could you disagree? You couldn't. But is it imperative they do that now, or is it imperative they do that before next season? It's more imperative because they do it in the off season. They they could do it now because this kind of goes to your to the poll. If you're already ready to call this season a success, they're not winning the Stanley Cup. So, what what more do you want to do right now? Like, you want to guarantee yourself that you get in because that is a difference. It's a big difference whether or not they're in or whether they're not. But clearly, a success is measured right now of just come close. Next year, to me, feels like you want to be a, you want it to be assured you're going to be in the playoffs, and you want to start challenging. Tampa, Toronto and Boston start start getting th- competing with the big boys of the division. Mm-hmm. So, to me, is it imperative they do that? They could talk like that now and I would love that. Is it imperative they act like that now or is it just that they do it before next season? Because to me, this year I I'm not quite yet ready to call it a success because I want to make sure, I want to see the this through that they stay in the race they don't go on some losing streak here but I don't I don't need to see them win a round in the playoffs I don't need to see them win a playoff game I'm not even sure I'd love to see them make it I don't even know if I need to see them actually get in but next year to me it's like all right now it is time to go and not just talk about getting in even if you haven't gotten in it's this team is young talented and I should have every reason to think I could start challenging the top teams in the division
2: Let's mix a phone call in here, connect with our fans. Larry in South Florida. Larry, go ahead.
0: Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, no need for an ice scraper today here, fellas. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, so, first off, uh, congratulations, Joe. I'm really sad that Howard's going. I've been calling you guys for years to talk about the Bills and Sabres. But, Joe, you got a wealth analogy at your young age. It's very impressive. I'm going to disagree with you on one thing that you just said. Um, I'm not, I don't want to wait another year. I'm 59 years old. It's been a very long time. I want to see that Chickering trade. I don't know what we're waiting for. Like Paul Hamilton said yesterday on your show, we were watching Toronto skate around and just like, ooh, wow, these guys are really good. And, and I know you guys talked about it. Everyone's for get behind our defensemen. We don't clear guys out in front of the net. Chickering's a young player. He's a physical player, and he's a very talented player. I don't need him to go out and fight every night, but I want to see somebody throw their weight around. Like you said, Joe, um, Tuck and I think it was Ocoso, they are on fire against Toronto, but they were the only ones. So I want to see a move for a young, solid, physical defenseman. And if we can get a Meyer as well, we have assets, We got the young players that we can move, and we got lots of draft choices. So, love to get your thoughts, fellas.
2: Thanks, Larry. Let's start with Chickrin first, and then Meyer. The cost for Jacob Chickrin, according to uh, Andy Strickland. Andy Strickland is. uh, I think he's athletic. Blues reporter, five ninety. The fan. Okay. Midwest. The cost for Chickrin is any combination of two first-round picks, or a first and a prospect that would equal a first.
1: So that's it. That's it, because the that is a lot less than some. At some point, it was sounding like they wanted the Eichel package,
2: two first-round picks, or a first and a prospect that equals a first. The Sabers could trade their first-round pick this year mm-hmm. and one of the three that they just took. Yeah, Oastland. Yeah, if you don't want to part with Savoy or Kulik, and I realize you know not every one of these names is a household name for every Sabers fan just yet. Yeah, but. It, does that sound prohibitive? No. For a defenseman that would be a top four defenseman under contract for two more years. And does he sign after that? I, I don't know. I'm not even sure that you need him to. You have more to spend. Let's get to the Timo Meyer thing. Well, without a contract, Meyer. Is gonna his price is going to be driven down because he's a rental? Yeah. And
1: does anyone have a ten million dollar qualifying offer if mm-hmm. you don't sign him? And he's got already
2: a big cap number. How many teams can even can even afford to fit him in? Right. Well, the Sabers are one. The Sabers. There's not many. There's not many. The Sabers could trade three second round picks. They do have three second round picks. Yeah. What if they offered three second round picks for Timo Meyer to try to get in this year? And you know, Joe, I know you said they're not winning the Stanley Cup, but we, we did this earlier this week on Let's Get Stupid. What if they traded for both those guys? Yeah. If they made it as the eight seed with both those guys on the roster, I I know, okay, they're not winning the Cup. Are we not investing and in saying, like, what could happen? It's I would, a, it's oh, a, I would be a lot more curious about what they could do. It's a sport with randomness. And, again, yeah. I, I'm not sitting here saying to bury your future for one season. Sure. I'm kind of getting to Larry's point about the two guys. What what I am getting at, though, is that I'm thinking back to the Bills' first year they broke the drought. They got in, and they played the Jaguars, and they lost, and we didn't care because the drought was over. They didn't even score a touchdown. We didn't care. The drought was over. If this team breaks the drought, I think there will be similar vibes of, like, don't care, you ended the drought, you did it. Right. That team that ended the drought traded a third-round pick for Calvin Benjamin because they thought... We've got something here. Let's, let's get in. Let's try to get in. And they barely got in. Mm-hmm. And then they lost and didn't score a touchdown. But the getting in mattered. It mattered a lot. It did a lot for the coach. It did a lot for the GM. And then, of course, you know they charted their new path. But that meant a lot to people. Sometimes I think we get stuck on, and I'm guilty of it too, of if you're not going to win, what's the point? And that drought breaker meant a lot, and that was a team that identified we are in a position to make a difference with our
1: fans. They made a trade. Well, for me on Chickering, too, the other point is I want to see them make that move. I won't be upset if they don't make that move by Friday. Will
2: you be upset if Detroit makes it?
1: Yes. Okay, I might. If Detroit makes it. Or Boston, anyone in the division? Yeah, Toronto, Toronto. Anyone that does it, I think. I think I would be. I would be upset. But if he gets traded to the Kings, yeah, right. That was, yeah, that I'm was not. I'm not gonna be mad about it. Reported to be close. But if he gets, I'll say this though. If he just stays on the Coyotes, which I guess Cervelli actually even was tweeting yesterday, like that's not that might actually happen. That the Coyotes are willing to hold out. They've been holding out for over a year. Shocker that an NHL trade won't happen. Right. Right. So. (laughs) Seven depth defensemen will get traded for fifth round picks. I'll be mad a little bit if he's traded anywhere and the Sabres are not it. But if he's not traded, I I guess my my point is I. The reason why I would want to see them do that now, that player in particular, that. A trade like that is warranted at some point, right? Yep. At some point, if do- they need to make a trade like that, and if it they should.
2: If it doesn't happen at this deadline, then this offseason, a trade
1: like this is, exactly. I would say, to be expected. And what are the odds that a player that fits what you need and what the age group that you have, what what is the what are the odds that a player like Chikrin is going to be out there? That someone that fits what you need in the timeline this perfectly is still going to be available to you in the summer. To me, I I would if the Sabers traded for Chikrin tomorrow, you could call that their big summer move, because that it's not just for this season, and it's a trade that you want to see them make eventually anyway. And the the, the thing that I wouldn't want to see happen is get to the summer, Chikrin's been traded to L.A. and oh, now I don't really have a guy that fits this. Okay, I got a really good defenseman over here, but he's 28, and I got to pay him in a year, or I got this forward over here, but I, I've already got all the centermen that I need, so do I, where am I going to put him in the lineup? Like To me, Chikrin fits what they need on the ice. He fits the age timeline of this group. I, I just think he fits so perfectly that if, if, they, if they had it in their heads – we're not going to make a big move right now, but we'll, we'll probably do that at the summer. Why not just do it now anyway? The bonus is that you're getting him for the rest of the season. If you want to make a big move in the summer, and you think, this guy is the perfect fit, he pro- he might not be there for us in the summer. You do it now. With it in mind of, this is our summer move. But we're just doing it in March, and we're going to take the bonus of, we get him for the rest of the season. That, to me, is why the chicken move is... It's timely compared to a lot of the other ones because I just don't know that that type of fit is just always going to be out there for them. That trade is always going to be out there for them to make, as long as they have these assets. And again, the price: two firsts or a first and the equivalent. And they've got picks, but like you know, as time goes on, prospects sometimes can hit a bump in the road, and all of these guys are not going to develop. Now, you could argue that their prospect pool will never be more valuable. Part of because the because you give them, right. you give them a year. And suddenly, eh, you know, Noah Oslin maybe not as valuable as he once was because now he's in Rochester and he's only scored ten points. I, I would also say, to the flip of
2: that, you draft all these players and have all these picks with the idea that you might not keep them all. Hey, give us a first round pick. Not everyone is going to make your roster. You're going to identify one that, yeah, we'll send him away. It's an asset to use. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to get a break in eight hundred three hundred five fifty. Love that from Tom, Tom Dundon, though. I mean, like just you yeah. could, I want it applied to the Sabers. I'm jealous of that talk. And I hate that Carolina makes me want to like every little <laughs> thing about them. It's the worst. And, <laughs> and while you know, while I understand they're in different spots, that's that's where I want the Sabers to get is that attitude, that those that line from the GM. We can be more aggressive with the assets we have. We don't buy the window. We expect to win every year. They've they've been run Carolina very very well, and I'm hoping the Sabers can continue to do what they have been doing and get down that track because they they appear to be on it. All right, Jeremy and Joe. 803-0550 if you want to join us 1-888-550-2550 on WGR.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.